stopping what can't be stopped. No killing what can't be There's something out there waiting for us. Now to the task at hand. I know that you wish to speak about your sports games incessantly, but I am here for a different purpose. Welcome to the Sports Antidote. I'm your host, Danny Belts. Special episode here for the futures. There is no gap. It's kind of like there is no spoon. Kind of. Kind of, but not really. The good news is I'll tell you all about that. And then some here on this lovely day as we get into these futures bets, I'll be talking about a gap, but not a gap on the scoreboard. Not necessarily a gap in your job, could be a gap in your life. How do we bridge these gaps? I've heard that phrase so many times, and boy, do I have an explanation for you. And if you think like me, boy, can I help you. So, not to be complete self, self-help, uh, but there's going to be some of that here in this regard, because I may have found something interesting, but what could be more interesting? Me meeting a guy at an airport so we could collectively bitch about the monstrosities in our backyard that we call a pond. And who would have thought that in the thought process of bridging an actual gap and talking about a stupid ditch with water in it that may have organisms or not that you may or may not feed that you call a pond could be so much bigger than what you think. And when you piece this all together, it really makes sense on how bridging a gap is stupid because sometimes it can't be done. Yes, it can. No, it can't. Not with me, but I got something better. Yeah, I went to the lab a little bit to think about how to fix a lot of things. But before I get into everything else there, maybe we should fix what happened earlier because Ohio's not up to a good start. Work went down. You all saw it. Ohio can't win any games. They still should have beat San Diego State. And guess what? If anybody has an Ohio future wager at seven and a half and wants to dump it, I'm your guy. I'll take it up to $200 and I'll take up to 40 of them for all I care. They're still going to win eight games. And I'll buy it off you for 40% right now at the Sports Antidote. I'll even give you vivid instructions on how to do this. So I'm still excited about Ohio. You're damn right. And I'm excited about these futures to come. But not just so much to talk about why it's important and get into saying players' names and how we look at these futures. That's not what we're going to do. That's not what we're going to do. I listened to three of these futures episodes a couple weeks ago. They basically read Feel Steel's manifest. They took his future thing and just read it. How is that not plagiarism? It's ridiculous. Well, we're not going to be doing that here. I'm talking about a pond. I'm talking about a gap. And I'm talking about some specific schools today. And then I'm doing it again tomorrow. And I'm coming back for another one, pal. There's going to be three of these. This whole show is going straight up. I just suggest to all you people that were here in the beginning, get your story together now. So I'm going to tell you something, pal. In about five months, I can almost guarantee you that this audience will almost be 10 times its size and you will be able to not just say, yeah, I was one of the first. Hell, I've been on that show a few times. This guy lets anybody come on. This is one of the best communal podcasts of all times. It's borderline socialism, but it's just incredible because it's not socialism. It is incredible. So with that said, ladies and gentlemen, do you want to talk about a pond? Do you want to talk about a gap? Or do you want to talk about the Miami Hurricanes? I want to talk about all three, homie. And we'll do it right here. Be sure and follow us at The Sports Antidote. Be sure and rate, subscribe, and review. Reach out, touch a brother. Tell somebody about The Sports Antidote. Today, there is, there is no gap. There is no 
gap. Do not try and bend the spoon. That's impossible. Instead, only try to realize the truth. What truth? There is no spoon. This kid is a horrible actor. As he dresses as some sort of nine-year-old monk, we're supposed to take him seriously. I cannot do that. But it's a great movie, The Matrix, yes. And it kind of talks about what I want to get into now, which is bridging a gap. So this kid says here there is no spoon. In other words, he says that in The Matrix, the reality of the spoon really isn't there. So you can do whatever you want with the spoon. You can shove it up your ass, I guess. You can do whatever it is you want because there are no rules there. We're in the world that we live in. There are a lot of rules, as we find out and as I am finding out. But bridging a gap has always been one of the biggest problems I have had in my entire life. And if I go back and look, it has been a constant problem to nearly every major type of controversy or issue that I have had. It could be the big ones, maybe those medium ones, all the way down to things that can be resolved in seconds. It doesn't matter. I've always had a problem bridging that gap. So you're driving on a bridge, and then there's a 10-yard gap. So you're going to fall, right? You're going to die. Your car is going to go straight down, and that's probably a wrap. So then we try to put something in the middle of the hole to make it pass through. At least that's what the definition of uh, the idiom there would be. We're going to put this here so it can be utilized. That can be utilized across a game plan for an offensive coordinator, that can be used for a national sales manager, that can be used for a husband in a household, perhaps a pastor on a pulpit. You see where I'm going. It really doesn't matter. But if you can figure this out, I've always thought that that would be almost like figuring out the meaning of life. Because for me, it's always just been so difficult. I'm right here. I can clearly see across the other side. And I keep walking, thinking I can make it to where I need to be and keep falling. Why is that? I, I really have no idea. But I can tell you what that means to me now is that means I've been doing things the wrong way. And more than likely, a lot of people have been doing things the wrong way in that regard as well. As I began to think about this more and more, it became apparent to me what I was doing. The substitution in which I was putting in place to bridge the gap was actually infecting both sides of the other. Think of it like surgery. And (laughs) I went to Johnson & Wales, right? Uh, Not... (laughs) Johns Hopkins. Uh, That will never get old, ever. It it just won't. But in bridging that gap, if we talked about this in a surgical standpoint, if you, and this is going to be outrageous, but if you put something in there, a part that does not belong, it'd be the same thing in the diesel world that I tend to see sometimes professionally. It's the same thing. It's going to infect the engine and it will infect the body, in my opinion, if you bridge the gap with the wrong insertion. This has been my issue. There is a 100% chance this is a major issue with a lot of people. It's not necessarily people that think like me. It's people that are stuck like me or worse stuck like me. I think I have made my way out of that, maybe. Now, getting into what I want to talk about here would take hours. It really would. I mean, I tried to think about a way to do the whole thing uh, in like an hour, but it wouldn't really make any sense. And if I did it on a shorter side, well, then that wouldn't do it any credence at all. Actually, that would be even worse. So what I plan to do as we gradually go through the football season is talk about ways that we do not need to bridge gaps. Now we'll get to the other part of that. I did not consult the internet Uh, when I was thinking about this. I didn't even think to do it. It's not really something you would Google. 
But after I came to my conclusion, when I had found whatever it is I was looking for, that took an ungodly amount of time through probably the worst six weeks I think I have ever had in my life. And in January of 21, let me tell you, that was a little weird. Or 22, excuse me. 21 was weird too. Every January is weird for me, pal. <laughs> but the 22 was certainly weird. But these last six weeks have been, have been unbelievably uh, just, it, it's been rough. But we all have patches like that in our life. Now, there's no way you get away from that. So again, what do we do in the middle of this thing? So when I consulted the Oracle, no pun intended, you see what I did there? Benihana just loved that one. As elementary as this is going to sound, I need you to believe this process because this is what I was able to do. And when I went to look up everything to Google this, it came down to two different ways to bridge a gap. I could not believe what I was reading. Had I done this prior, it would not have worked. If I looked this up before coming to an actual foundational understanding of something that I've been searching for probably since I was, in, or was conscious, that is right here in front of me on Google, like I said, but there's no way that it would have worked. It would have been impossible. Matter of fact, it would have made an actual train wreck in my head. But I can't tell you how good I felt when I read this. I cannot tell you the satisfaction I have never felt reading anything in my life, like when I read this. It put the hair on the back of my head at a complete attention type position because it goes on to say there's something else you can do. And this is what the, this is the conclusion that I came to prior to reading this. And as it instructs was exactly my conclusion. Instead of putting something in the middle, you take your left hand and grab that one end, you take your right hand and grab that end, and you pull that shit together. And you just pull it together. This is a completely different operational function than adding something to the middle, because that doesn't work for me. But this does. You can write programs in your head just like the architect in the sequel to the movie or scene we just watched where he talks about writing programs for large things and small things. I can't write a program with a gun to my head, but one thing I can do is create an internal process for nearly anything. I can implement that like you could a program on a computer, or I could go the other way and do it like a virus. You could do either or. I feel like I've been doing the latter for a while. But pulling these two, these two entities together to form a bridge with the two standing pieces and not adding anything in is how I do this. It is how I am going to do this. It is how I am going to execute professionally in my house and most importantly on this podcast. As we go through, I will start to give more examples of how this happens. If I drop this on you now, it would be a complete waste of everyone's time, but I think you conceptually understand exactly what I'm saying. And now I need you to hold that thought. For those of you who don't know, and many of you do not, but for the ones that do, my neighbor across the street, who somehow in 2019 came over to have a beer, snuck a picture of the monstrosity in my backyard. There was a plastic bag floating around <laughs> like a lost duck. I think he got a video of it, actually. <laughs> but the pond has been an absolute representation of my life. Now, I went back and looked. All I wanted to do was build a pond. Like, that's it. I had one when I was a kid. 
but I realize where I live now, it's a lot different. Structurally, it's way more harder than you'd think. It's very difficult because this is clay and not mud. And also you have to line this thing right and get ready for the summers because if there's any holes in this, your, your fish are going to you know, run out of water and stuff. That's not good. I've added different shrubbery around it a thousand times, so different pumps. I've two different people have helped me, and I've three different people, and I've, and I've paid them. Built a fence around it, good night, to keep my kid out when she was an infant, toddler, or whatever. It's always been a constant work in progress, always, 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 and I never understood why can't this thing just bring me a little happiness. This is all I wanted to do was just have a little pond in my backyard, feed a couple goldfish with my kid. What's wrong with that, pal? But it has not brought me anything. And why is that? Because I'm trying to always change how this pond looks. And if I continue to change how the pond looks, it'll make me feel better. Not really. That's a Disney movie. My life certainly doesn't correlate like anything from Aladdin or something like that. I can tell you that, homie. <laughs> but that pond is there. And as I'm in an airport recently, I meet a guy. This guy's a house. <laughs> and his name is Mandy. M-A-N-D-E-E. If I say, hey, I'm bringing my boy Mandy, you'd probably laugh, right? Until a dude walks in that's about 6'5", 250, and maybe knows where uh, the preacher curl rack is. You know what I mean? Uh, This dude's not small. And we start talking about sports, and then this dude busts out his phone, he's going through some pictures, and I was like, what is that? He's like, oh, this? This is my pond. I was like, really? Let's talk about that. He's like, you sure? He was going to show me him being in like a suite with like Kid Rock at a, at a, at a, at a um, Red Wings game or something. He's from up. He's from Michigan. So we could begin to talk about this pond. I want to know more. I have to know more. I'm not going anywhere until I know about this pond. So within about five minutes, he understands why I want to know so much. And him and I both have the same problem. We had a childhood pond. That's right. Yeah. And we trying to implement this idea in our backyard. And boy, it just not, it has not worked. And just to boot, not only do we have the old entree together, we had every single side to match as well. Because both our wives magically remember to tell us, if he just hired a professional, and then we screwed. It's a ditch. I'm not paying someone to dig a ditch. There's two goldfish in it. <laughs> it's not that deep. But we both had the same problem. And it is unbelievable how we went on to have a 30-minute discussion about pond failure. People are looking at us like we're insane. I may as well have been engaged with the Almighty here because this was the most interesting thing you could have talked about me at this time, period. And after about a long time, when we realized something very unique, I'll probably be friends with this guy until he doesn't want to be friends with me. Well, the way I'm going now, there's a better chance that we'll stay friends, but I'd still say 10 and a half years over under the unders probably you know minus 150 i mean come on the guy's gonna when he figures out what's going on he's gonna he's gonna get out he's gonna leave but he's listening to this right now and it's hilarious because i told him what i was gonna do and he started laughing when he started understanding the direction in which i'm trying to go here it's not any hard left hard right really isn't we're just going to talk about things that are way more appealing that i feel that we can still tie into sports all these good things but this meeting this guy was unbelievable and it did it did a ton more than he could ever imagine. We talked about pulling that gap together in this, in this pond situation, and we both kind of understood that there's a lot more that can be pulled, physically pulled together, by any means, together to make that connection, to be able to operate in a straight line. That's another thing that I feel that I never do, and a lot of people I deal with don't. 
And it's, I can't say anything because I've been doing that my entire life. And I still could be. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not. But this works. This is a real thing. It's a mentality of I don't need to put anything in the middle of this. It is good. And there is no gap because it's not bridged. It's just forced together. There was never a gap. If I tried to play LeBron James in one-on-one, I mean, how is that going to work, right? Because LeBron James, the gap between LeBron James and I is massive. In basketball? Okay. But if you take the guy that would be tantamount to LeBron James in the industry that I feel that this show could be implemented in, let's say Jim Rome. Let's just throw that out there. Jim Rome, one of the greatest radio events of all times, the Smack Off. I mean, one of the funniest shows, one of the best shows. Yeah, a little maligned. People don't like him. Some people love him. He's got one of the biggest cult followings of all times. I'll tell you that. That guy can break away anywhere and pull that massive crowd with him. He's like the Tucker of that side. Colin Cowherd, same thing. But the Rome following, I feel, is way more cultish. In other words, if he works for CBS at the time, they're doing business. His customers, his listeners are doing business with Jim Rome, not CBS. So if he leaves, it doesn't matter what three letters come after a broadcasting station he went to or whoever's paying him to do whatever. It doesn't matter. They're all going to follow him. But the difference between Jim Rome and myself, if I said that, if I said the difference between us two is a stone's throw away in talent, I'd get laughed at. And I should accordingly, right? I mean, it's a little different. I mean, I have a job that takes about 80 hours a week for me traveling around the country trying to peddle stuff. But at the same time, this guy gets a chance to prep, has up a diddle. I'm not not getting ahead of myself. There's a reason why he's got there because he's one of the most talented people in the world at this. And I'm not saying that I am. I'm not saying that you should believe that I am. But what I am saying is, oh, man, because where I'm sitting with this mentality, bridging a gap is not like playing LeBron James in one-on-one. No. And actually... Playing or going against the guy like Jim Rome, which you typically think would be suicide in this industry, wouldn't be. This is going to be difficult for me. I may get a little emotional for a lot of reasons, but the main reason why I might is because I hate Rush. I really do. But the only way that I was going to be able to tell this upon permission of my new friend Mandy would be if I played this song. So here you go. No problem. Probably wondering why it even matters. The funniest part about this story between the pond and bridging the gap also pertains a third tier, and that's the story. I wasn't telling the right story about the pond to bridge the gap. You want an example? If I dropped you in front of Stonehenge right now with no context, you'd think some alien rock monster came down and just started dropping massive dukes in a random formation. But if I told you it was something that was built a hundred, took a thousand years to build in the Neophilic age that took four stages, I guess you'd have a little more context. In other words... The way I tell the story about my pond is the way that I don't have to bridge this gap and I can just pull them together. And if it's the pond, I can do it in sports. I've always done it in sports betting, but I can do it professionally. And most importantly, take this to where it really matters. Mr. Producer, look, I've had enough rush. Can we get give the people what they want? They didn't come here to hear all this. This is when this song starts to suck anyway. The first minute's okay. Just get the cue the molly. Before we can get into the actual futures, and thank you, Mr. Producer, for giving the people what they want. Give the people what they want. They want this Molly music, not all this rush nonsense. Mandy, I went as long as I could, bro. I tried, but this is this is kind of where we go here. You know what I mean? So just get the glow sticks. You know, you know what to do here. If you have the Ohio over seven and a half wins and you don't like that bet, I'll buy it off of you. Hit me up at the Sports Antelope. Go over there and find us there. I'll take it of you up to $200. We can go ahead and exchange that business transaction like men were meant to do, and I'll take that off your hands. 
and I'll go ahead and bridge the gap or even, excuse me, pull these things even closer to getting my kid through first grade without actually paying for it with my money. This would be a great way to start, so I'm looking forward to that. I don't know if I'm going to be able to keep up with this whole thing, but I'm going to give you a history of what we did with every single pick on this show through this thing, Instagram, all the way back to the beginning. And you can check the new post because I'm going to post them all so you can see every single one on a pretty little spreadsheet. 2016, don't count. But I went four and one. I'll tell you anyway, son. Would have won them all. Vandy cucked. Won one too many. But TCU, Stanford, UCF put out like my friends and Jenny. 2017 was lit. Lost Stanford, SDSU, no luck. But I got Toledo, Akron, LaTeX, Army. Now Uncle Sam wants to talk. 2018, lost Texas A&M, Arkansas State. But I got Miami, Duke, UMass, 49ers under. It was clean. Rolling right in to 2019. Banner year, only lost one. Who? Florida Atlantic. Yep, cucked by Monty's son. 2020, well, <laughs> 2021. UCF under, suck it, Malzahn. Waffle House Regional Manor, Division One coach, amazing. Texas San Antonio started off 9-0, blazing. Then my man just got cut by New England by a lackey. But who can forget Zappy? As Western Kentucky rolls for us, 2022, Bucks under was free. Cam Ward hurts some bets. Not me. Go Cougs. The stupid team in New Orleans lost. Should be mocked. Then came the game, Cox. Five years we've done this here. 28 selections have been clear. Check the posts. It's all understood. Young Moken, I have a question. It's 21 of 28 or 75%. Is that good? I think it is. We're only going to do one of these teams now, and then on the next couple we'll have the rest of the futures. I may have an NFL team next week in one of these futures. I'm just, oh, I am going to have them. I'm just waiting to see if I can actually execute one of these jokes that may happen if something happens over the weekend, and it very well may. So the NFL season not starting for the week after, I may just move both of the NFL teams out to that, and we'll just finish up the college ones tomorrow, perhaps. But speaking of misunderstood teams, I feel that that is normally where I'm going to hang my hat. A team that isn't misunderstood historically but misunderstood for the season to come. I think the best example of that in the rant that I just had was Texas San Antonio. When Texas San Antonio in 2019 uh, almost ran the table and went undefeated, they had everything you would be looking for uh, in a team that you'd want to get behind. A very good coach, a senior, like fifth-year senior quarterback who has the keys to that locker room. I mean, this, these are good things. A very adequate defense, a defense that gambles, a defense that scores. They'll give up the big play. I don't care. When the Saints won the Super Bowl, their defense was average, but they led the NFL in one of the highest turnover margins of all times. That's what you want. You want to create turnovers, right? And these guys could do that. But their eight and a half was just hysterical to me because we're looking at this like, well, they're going to beat Illinois. I'm sorry. They're going to roll Illinois. They're not going to – only team that could beat them is Western Kentucky. I'm not sure Western Kentucky can. And they couldn't because they lost to them twice in two ridiculously phenomenal shootouts. If you wanted to watch a good old-fashioned – just Sunbelt rip and roar. I mean, this was, you know, this is it. Is that the Sun? No, it's not the Sunbelt. Yes, I meant the Conference of the United States. But in doing so, this team was wildly misunderstood for a lot of reasons. And I kind of saw this one coming. Like, man, I think this team's going to win a ton of games. Basically, what Memphis did a couple years prior to that. I thought Memphis was going to go undefeated. And their over-under was nine and a half, and they went 11 games in the regular season, lost to Temple on a miracle. They should have won that game and ran the table like we thought they would. They were really misunderstood, but that was misunderstood for the year. This team I want to talk about has been misunderstood since the beginning of time. And I want to talk to you about Iowa, and I'm going to tell you why. But what I want to do, and again, to reiterate, is not to start 
saying a bunch of names. I feel when I listen to these and the people doing this are reading things, you can tell it's ridiculous. I have a whole different reason why I like them here. And I'm not even going to get into the actual nitty gritty, the whole specifics of this, because it's just not necessary. But in order to understand Iowa, you're going to have to understand these two bands. You're going to have to understand Corn. Corn, much like Iowa, is probably one of the most misunderstood bands of all times. And it's one of my favorite bands, and it might be my favorite. Now, opposed to popular belief and other people, everybody would want to say, or excuse me, not everybody, but especially Christians, especially the household I was brought up in, like hardcore non-denominational Christian, which is totally fine. It made me good. I mean, it molded me, at least made me a respectful individual, uh, at least through the years. It could have been a lot worse with my attitude. Terrible parenting would have been horrible. I had great parenting. I had a terrible attitude. So it kind of, you know, it was kind of an additive inverse for a little bit of that, but most of that still would, would carry over. But the minute that the Christian church, especially when I was growing up, would hear any type of heavy metal or they didn't understand it, the auto thing was, well, it's not the devil, right? We've talked about this. The Ninja Turtle, ah, it's the devil. If you don't understand what it is, you just associate the devil to everything. Kind of like, yes, uh, Bobby Boucher's mom in The Water Boy. Corn <laughs> just is very misunderstood because in order to understand Corn, you would need to understand the lead singer, Jonathan Davis. Now, I know a lot of people will also, I've heard this, say something to the other, they just scream and yell. And I always will say, well, can you scream and yell at, at max intensity for five hours and then do an encore? Because that's what Corn does. I've never been to a show, but I've had friends been to 20,000 of these. It's one of the best shows ever. And a couple of my black friends don't even really, I mean, they like, so they, one of them likes System of a Down, which is great. But come on, these dudes that aren't, they're into some stuff like that. They, they really you know, like Corn. Corn uh, identifies with a lot of rap groups. You remember, you know, they're from down there in LA as well. And, and you see a lot of their videos. They do all kind of collaborations with Ice Cube. They did something with Fred Durst one time that was hilarious. But they've shown their diversity. But talking to Jonathan Davis is very similar to when uh, Marilyn Manson in 2001 was interviewed by Bill O'Reilly. You will hear in Manson's voice just an unbelievable calm, an unbelievable poise. And he pushed Bill O'Reilly around. If you go back and watch that interview on YouTube, O'Reilly thinks he's driving the bus. No, he's not. Marilyn Manson is three, four steps ahead of him. As a matter of fact, Marilyn Manson several times would answer a question that Bill O'Reilly was going to ask. They, I've watched it so many times, I can tell exactly where this is going to happen. And one of the facial expressions around the third minute, you can see in O'Reilly's like eyebrow, oops, that's a body shot. So these guys, similar to Jonathan Davis as well, when they interview their music is so wildly loud and crazy, right? But they're so calm in person. People want to say that's an act. And it's like, well, I don't think it's an act. It's not like professional wrestling. If you go read the lyrics to a lot of corn songs, you'll understand. Yeah, so he was also raped as a child and it was bad. And the thing is, and he talks about that and he's been through the ringer like most people in that industry, you know, rehab for hardcore drugs, methamphetamine was the one that really got to him. But he expresses a lot of that, or nearly all of that, through his music. And if you go back and read some of these lyrics, which we will be talking about uh, in, in October, as a matter of fact, is this is going to size up real nice, and we'll get more into that as well. But you can see, this is not just a bunch of random screaming on a stage. And, and like I said earlier, could you do that for five hours? No, you couldn't. So these guys already have an unbelievable... They have an incredible, the way that they're able to perform, you know, that type of like professional athlete bandwidth on a field or in a gym or whatnot. You know, they have that. This guy's extremely talented. And then it's also interesting to see these people get out of their element, to see Korn do like acapella stuff. They've done stuff like that. They even did a fake spoof of, 
uh, I want it that way. The Backstreet Boys, like, the, you know, before they went on stage, they're in some, like, white tribal ground gowns looking like they're about to go drink a bunch of Kool-Aid. And these guys have a lot of fun. But every now and again, Jonathan Davis will do things with a guitar. And he'll do it with an acoustic guitar. And it's really cool because he can really sing. There's a whole side to corn that you don't even know about. And then on the polar opposite side of corn, there would be Evanescence. Evanescence is probably one of the best bands I have ever heard. I've only been to about 20, 25 live shows in my life. They're always pretty significant and somebody random I may want to see. Every now and again, like a big headline act. But I was able to see Evanescence when I was at Johnson Wales in Charleston, South Carolina. And I didn't really know much about them. Their first CD it came out. You know, it sounds like it, like kind of that alternative rock with this woman who can just really belt it out there. Now, people... When we hear about that side of the entertainment industry, you know, I always pay attention to close things like the female performers that all came out at the same time. So Britney Spears is one of the greatest performers of all times, and she's survived two major melt, three major meltdowns. Whenever she wants, she comes back to Hollywood, takes over the, or excuse me, to Vegas, takes over the number one show in the biggest city for acts on the planet, and continues to reinvent herself. She's an incredible, incredible performer. She can sing extremely well, right? Then you had Jessica Simpson came out about the same time. Well, she's very attractive as Britney Spears, as most of these women are. She can dance extremely well. Her choreography is amazing. Not that good of an actor we saw, but Jessica Simpson can sing good enough, but we can see where her talents kind of go away. And then Christina Aguilera was the third one there, but she was also extremely pretty, kind of exotic looking with the nose ring and all, but she can sing like an opera singer. She sings like Adele. And when you hear a woman that just gets up there and starts really hitting some of these notes, I mean, it's just... It's, I don't want to say it's emotional, but it's like, damn, man, I didn't even like, think about that. You hear it on the radio and you hear it live. And this Amy Lee for Evanescence, my God, uh, I got to listen to her. And I mean, a couple dudes I went with, you know, they don't really listen to this type of music. They could not even help but go, man, that's ridiculous. I'm like, yeah, it is. I mean, she's hitting notes that will make you grab your ears and almost pain. It's so loud, but it's just beautiful. She's not just screaming. If anything, corn would be the exact opposite of Evanescence. And I was able to, like I said, see see them perform and it was as advertised. She is an unbelievable talent and she is incredible. But these two bands have something that I want to discuss in particular with the team du jour, which would be Iowa. But before we can do that, you need to know a little more about Corn. Corn's probably largest, and I should have looked this up, but I'm going to go ahead and a limb here and say that their largest single would be Freak on a Leash. This is the one that was played. You've heard it. It's incredible. It's one of the most original. I don't even know how they do what they do, but I like it. It's the best gym music ever. If you want to know what I'm listening to, around 2.30 Central Standard Time on a Monday on International Chess Day, it's probably corn. And as we all remember, in Freak on a Leash, come toward the, I'd say, the back end of the jam here, you're going to get that riff, you know, the part where he starts doing this demonic chant thing, right? This really will get a lot of the people in the church probably a little up in arms. This is maybe the uh, satanic version of the talking or speaking in tongues, I imagine, right? Now, this dude just priming the audience. This, this is what makes this man original. Uh, this is what makes this man special, in my opinion. And we all know kind of when you're looking to get that big rep in that big set on International Chess Day on Monday. Well, if you don't think this is a cool thing, I most certainly will never let you around my kid. Because you clearly 
will take her to a trans drag show. Look, can I just say it? Stone Cold said it in the longest show. This is how the white man plays guitar. I don't know what else to say. It's pretty scary. It's pretty intimidating. But this is Iowa. This is Iowa. Listen to this. It's ugly. It's mucky. Assignment football. Iowa does not miss an assignment. Iowa has to deal with the most ridiculous grab bag of nonsense in, in, in all of football. This team has to play with some of the best teams in the country, particularly Penn State, uh, Penn State Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State right there on that outside tier. And they have to do this with inferior athletes. If you're wondering, what do you mean by inferior? A lot of white people. Yeah. I mean, a lot of white people. Yeah. You know, you've, you've never seen this one before. I've seen this like 16 times. You're standing around. You're about to go to a, you know, you're standing around tailgating and or whatever you're doing. And all of a sudden some kid turns around. Oh, mommy, what are all those white people doing over there? Is that a Klan rally? No, little Timmy. That's just an Iowa homecoming football game. Everybody knows this. When I said assignment football, notice year by year what Iowa is able to do defensively. I want to talk to you about what they had to do last year defensively. Somehow they won eight games last year. If you don't remember, they came out of September with more punts than points. The Iowa memes that go around within their own fan base is incredible. One of these guys that lives here locally in Louisiana, huge Iowa fan, great guy, one of my favorite people, he <laughs> sends me some of the funniest stuff of all times. He's tuned into the Iowa message boards and everything, and he... he <laughs> said it is incredible what these guys can come up with up there but it's tough to be an Iowa fan you're gonna have to bang around with unbelievable athletes not even counting the NIL these days okay and you're gonna have to do this with two-star recruits and every now and again like the Oakland A's once every five years almost cyclically cyclically they find their way to like the Orange Bowl or something ridiculous a 10-win season and this team does this in the ugliest way every single time Every single time. They're the worst favorite in the history of mankind to bet on. Ever. Ever. Iowa's playing Montana State in the first. They're not playing them, but let's say they're playing Montana State. First game of the year, and they're laying 29 and a half. They're going to win that game 21 to 6. They, they, at no point will they ever have a chance to cover that game. You will never. You don't even need to watch that game. But then on the flip side, when you give that ugly, ugly muck five and a half points and ship them off to Penn State or something, all of a sudden it's just different. It's just different. Iowa plays in the mud. They run the football. They almost play not to score, but defensively, it is unbelievable what they are able to do. There's no blown plays. There's not many penalties. And what this team is able to do defensively, they do force turnovers, but they just don't give up touchdowns. They operate like the Patriots do defensively, let you operate most of what you want to do over the course of the field until you get into that red zone and buttholes get tight. Iowa is great at surrendering field goals in the red zone. I like that. You should too. But Iowa's biggest problem has always been themselves and their offense. I'm not even going to get into Kirk Ferentz's son right now and all this. This is what everyone else is going to talk about. With Iowa. I don't think it matters. I don't. What I think matters is this. This team will be in every football game this year. There is no doubt. It is almost impossible to blow this team out. The muck side of Iowa is what draws me to them. They are going to win games they're not supposed to win, and they will typically ugly but win the games they are supposed to win. They're very forecastable. They're very predictable. They're very well coached, and they have never had a quarterback. They've never had any type of resemblance of anyone that could really get the ball down the field or maybe, I don't know, do stuff like 
go through your progressions and do things that I don't even know what I'm talking about. I just feel like when they have a quarterback back there, he is there to do everything but throw touchdowns. So what Iowa's going to have to do is not just channel their inner corn. Iowa is going to have to channel some of that Amy Lee. And as I said, I did hear them, and it was unbelievable. I remember I'd only heard this song on the radio like a couple times. We all like have know this song going under. You've heard it a billion times. It actually sounds in person as it does on all these music videos because her voice does not need to be uh, it doesn't need to be synthesized and all these other things. She can just get up there and belt out stuff like Aguilera, like Adele, and everyone else out there who can sing and just be a complete showstopper. Teams would kill to have this type of ability when you have an unbelievable offense. And you see that every now and again, but it's very difficult to get both of those things running in line at the same exact time. Matter of fact, it's nearly impossible. Iowa, when they are good and have one, have never even hardly had an average offense. As a matter of fact, they're always on the bottom half of their conference. And in the out-of-conference games, it's almost like they muck it up even worse on purpose to prep the conference for how bad their offense actually is. I don't know if that's the plan. I don't know how effective that is, but, I mean, it does get them uh, to some pretty sizable bowl games. And when you see them in a bowl game, you're going to get all that you want every single play. LSU has found this out twice. I was at one of them on a Hail Mary (laughs) Oh, God. Nick Saban's last game at LSU down here in Capital One Bowl. But <laughs> so ridiculous. And then another game where Iowa played LSU, you know, it was probably like seven or eight years ago where Iowa had about 13 yards from offense. But somehow, here they are in the game. P.J. Fleck at Minnesota probably said it best. After they lost to Iowa last year, Iowa had like three turnovers and Minnesota rushed for 1.7 miles. They rushed for like 900 yards, right? And Fleck's like, I don't know how we lost. He didn't even have a press conference. He was like, I don't even know what happened. I, 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 we ran for 500 yards. They turned it over three times, and we had fewer points than they did when the clock hit zero. Why are we the pumpkin right now? I do not understand. Like he, he went on for 10 minutes. They could, we wouldn't even feel the question. It was the perplexity of like he just saw an alien because I had the same perplexity. I had Iowa. I'm like, how did I just win money? How did he, they barely crossed the 50-yard line twice. I, I don't even understand how they do this, but they figure out ways to do this. This is the one team. You let them hang around. This is where they start really ruining people's seasons. They ruin Ohio State's season several times. They've been close to beating Michigan Pitty. They are right there. It's just interesting how it unfolds with the talent perspective for Iowa. If Iowa's going to win more than eight and a half games this year, they're somehow going to have to pony up on the offensive side. Now, last year, I liked South Carolina a lot. We've talked about this, and it was before they had Spencer Rattler. I, I don't mind Spencer Rattler, and he turned out to be pretty damn good at the end there. He's a big reason they made that run. I didn't know how to feel about that, but when I saw this, I was already looking at Iowa pretty much anyway, but when McNamara said he's going to transfer from Michigan to Iowa, that went by pretty quiet. Really quiet. Now, I'm not saying that you just need a guy like Brad Johnson or Trent Dilfer to man the offense while the defense is that good on the other side. I mean, they are that good as a unit, but not the individual. Iowa has a white cornerback right now. They have a guy that's faster than Tim Dwight with like a 42-inch vertical. They have a couple pros on the line. They may have the best defensive line. They definitely, if they don't have the best defensive line in the in the country, maybe in the conference. It, actually, this year, their, their, their line's going to rival a lot. Their offensive line's rough. But I don't even care. I don't even care because I don't expect Iowa to do anything. 
on the offensive side, really. But anything they can do is nearly a bonus. But adding this guy, all of a sudden, he's the best quarterback nearly in the history of the entire program. And he's above average. McNamara's above average in this conference. He's above average. He's probably going to go with the NFL. Uh, he's got a big arm. He can throw on the run. And he can elude pressure. These are the things that you really need. And only that right now. You don't have to be a burner. You just have to be able to get out of the way. He can do that. He's got a cannon. He was one of the higher recruited people from Michigan. And now he's playing for Iowa. And I've seen this before. Now, I'm not saying it's complete Russell Wilson transfer. Uh, kind of resembles the draft when Driscoll left Florida to go to La Tech. But, of course, this is way higher profile. But you're going to be really hard-pressed to tell me that that transfer isn't a big deal. And in classic Iowa fashion, he's already hurt, questionable, Week one versus Utah State, he's probably going to play, probably red herring perhaps or something along those lines. He'll just play to play. Well, that's, that's not completely that. But what he'll do is he'll just probably do what Cam Rising is doing, which is all of a sudden that line gets down to four and a half now from nine and a half. I don't know who Utah is going to be playing versus Florida this week, but man, it just does not look, I, I don't know. It does not look pretty. Iowa being in the West of the Big Ten certainly helps. They still have to play Penn State. Wisconsin's going to be a lot better. Illinois is going to be good. That's not going to be some pushover. You still have Minnesota, who's respectable for sure in their weight class there. But Iowa's going to have to figure out a way to win a majority of these games, and then they're going to have to win that game at Penn State. Now, I know that the entire bet won't hinge on that. However, this whole thing began for me when I saw that Iowa was only getting four and a half points at Penn State a couple months ago. I just said, what? Isn't Penn State supposed to be, like, this is supposed to be their year? I mean, for every avenue you looked, I would clearly tell you right there, I mean, Penn State, this is their year. They pretty much have what they want. They've said it. This is the year they're coming out, blah, blah. Why wouldn't they be a double-digit favorite over a team that could barely score points last year? A team that has so many missing pieces. A team that had to give their offensive coordinator, the coach's son, like a contract kill to say, if you can't average 25 points a game, you're fired. And he signed it. That's hysterical. But if they do score 25 points a game, I can tell you, we're not going to have to worry about eight and a half wins. They'll be winning a lot of games there. In order for Iowa to accomplish this, they're going to have to have that same type of defense that sounds like corn. It sounds like freak on a leash. You know what that is. However, it'd be incredible if they could somehow add that other voice. But that would be impossible. You'd have to change the entire playbook. You'd have to change the entire personnel. Because we know what we get when we get Iowa. We're going to revisit this one time. What this sounds like is exactly what it sounds like to play Iowa. Again, no blown assignments. We don't need to blitz. Base 4-3. We play field position. We have the best punter in the world every goddamn year. He's probably from Australia. Yes, this is Iowa. We know all these things. But what happens if we could merge the beautiful voice of Amy Lee, add the offensive cohesion with McNamara that this team has been missing forever? That would be impossible, you would think. But if the defense sounds like this and the offense sounds like this, then I imagine together it would sound like that. You get it? Iowa offense. Iowa defense. Corn. Evanescence. Jonathan Davis. Amy Lee. This is what this sounds like. If what I think can happen, can happen. You may not think this is beautiful. I think it's incredible. These are two polar opposite artists on the same page. And I think Iowa will be on that exact same page. Over eight and a half wins.
win the Big Ten West plus 270, and I'm throwing in the long shot, not just for the hedge. Iowa wins the national championship 150 to 1. Thanks for joining the Sports Editor today, episode number 167. There is no gap. That's right, we like Iowa over eight and a half wins. We like him to win a lot of games. Plus 270 to win that Big Ten. And let me tell you something, homie. 150, I'm telling you, 150 to 1. Look, they get close. The hedge value's there. But I just think this is going to be a little different for these guys. Bro Exotic will be back next week. Our schedules have been insane. So will the drunk neighbor. We'll be implementing different different avenues on the show, incorporating different things. We'll have more shows, more content, fewer shows, and you can pick and choose which one you want. But like always, be sure and rate, subscribe, and review. I cannot tell you how now more important ever it is that you go out and reach a brother and tell somebody about the Sports Antidote today. If you have any friends that like the Miami Hurricanes, you be sure and ask them this question. Do your shame hang low? Ask them that. And if they do, if they respond, then you should tell them to listen to what I got coming. Because what I got coming really, really is something you ain't never heard. But let's be honest. You ain't never heard nothing like this. Thanks for joining the Sports Standard. I look forward to having my team reassembled with the young Woken over here. I got some other things going. The drunk neighbors got so much coming. Bro, exotic. Wait till you hear what this man has in store. It is just incredible. We'll see you guys coming up probably tomorrow. This is going to be fun. Keep it real, anecdotions. And remember, there is no gap. You don't need to bridge it. Pull that bitch together. We'll be talking about that for a while in the time to come. Thanks for joining, boys. We'll see you soon.